Welcome back to Spot Podcast. Today we will be doing a scary story podcast. These scary stories aren't necessarily scary as they are disturbing. So if you have a weak stomach, be careful. Listener discretion is advised. Stories I'm about to tell are folklore, collected and retold by Alan Schwartz. Hi, I'm Earl and I will be reading two stories. The names are Big Toe and Viper. The Big Toe. A bull was digging at the edge of his garden when he saw a big toe. He tried to pick it up, but it was stuck to something. So he gave a good, hard jerk and it came off in his hand. Then he heard something groan and scamper away. The boy took the toe into the kitchen and showed it to his mother. It looks nice and plump, she said. I'll put it in the soup and we'll have it for supper. That night, his father carved the toe into three pieces, and they each had a piece. Then they did the dishes, and when it got dark, they went to bed. But in the middle of the night, the sound awakened him. It was something out in the street. It was a voice, and it was calling to him. Where is my toe? When the boy heard that, he got very scared. But he thought, it doesn't know where I am. It will never find me. Then he heard the voice once more, only now it was closer. Where is my toe? The boy pulled the blanks over his head and closed his eyes. I'll go to sleep, and when I wake up, it will be gone. But soon he heard the back door open, and again he heard the voice. Where is my toe? Then the, then the boy heard footsteps move through the kitchen and into the dining room, in the living room, and then into the front hall. And slowly they climbed the stairs. Closer and closer they came, and soon they were out in the upstairs hall. Now they were outside his door. Where is my toe? His door opened. Shaking with fear, he listened to the footsteps slowly move through the dark toward the bed. Then they stopped. Where is my toe? The boy saw a strange-looking creature. The boy was so frightened, he couldn't move. He just stood there and stared at it. Finally, he asks, what, 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 what have you got such big eyes for? And the creature answers, to look you through and through. What have you got such big claws for? To scratch your, up your grave. What have you got such a big mouth for? To swallow you whole. What have you got such sharp, sharp teeth for? To chomp your bones. That night, the boy was eaten, and all that was left behind was one big toe. The Viper. A widow lived alone on the top floor of an apartment house. One morning, her telephone rang. Hello, this is Viper, and I'm coming up. Somebody was fooling around, she thought, and hung up. A half hour later, the phone rang again, and it was the same man. It's the Viper, and I'll be up soon. The widow didn't know what to think, but she was getting frightened. Once more, the phone rang, and again it was the Viper. I'm coming up now. She quickly called the police, and they said that they would be right over. When the doorbell rang, she sighed with relief. They are here. When she opened the door, there stood a little old man with a bucket and a cloth. I'm the Viper, he said, and I come here to vish and vash and vipe the windows. Now on to Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah, and I'll be sharing two stories from the book Scary Stories, More Tales to Chill Your Bones by Alvin Schwartz. The first story will be Like Cat Eyes. As Jim Brand lay dying, his wife left him with his nurse, and she went into the next room to rest. She sat in the dark, staring into night. Suddenly, Mrs. Brand saw headlights coming rapidly up the driveway. Oh no, she thought. I don't want visitors now. Not now. But it wasn't a car bringing a visitor. It was an old hearse with maybe half a dozen small men hanging from the sides. At least, that's what it looked like. The hearse screeched to a stop. 
The men jumped off and stared up at her, their eyes glowing with a soft yellow like cat eyes. She watched with horror as they disappeared into the house. An instant later, they were back, lifting something into the hearse. Then they drove off at a high-speed, wheels squealing, and the gravel in the driveway flying in all directions. At that moment, the nurse came in telling the wife that Jim Brand had died. The second story will be Hello, Kate. Tom Connors was on his way to a dance in the next village. It was a long walk through the fields and woods, but it was a soft, sweet evening and he loved dancing, so Tom didn't mind. He had gone only a short distance when he noticed a young woman following him. Maybe she is going to the dance, he thought, and he stopped and waited for her. As the woman got closer, he saw that it was Kate Fairherty, and they had once danced together many times. He was about to call out, hello, Kate, when he suddenly remembered that Kate had died. She had died last year, yet there she stand all dressed up for the dance. Tom wanted to run, but somehow it didn't seem right to run from Kate. He turned and started to walk as fast as he could, but Kate followed him. He took a shortcut across the field, but she still followed him. When he got to the dance hall, she was right behind him. There were a lot of people standing outside, and Tom, ha- and Tom had tried to lose Kate in the crowd. He worked his way to the side of the building and then squeezed up against the wall behind some people. But Kate followed. She came so close she brushed up against him. Then she stopped and waited. He wanted to say, hello, Kate, just the way he did when she was alive. But he was so frightened he could, couldn't speak. Her eyes looked into his eyes. And she vanished. Now on to Sinai. This is a story about a girl's parents who left her alone overnight for the first time. The parents told the girl to make sure all doors and windows were locked tight after they left and not to open the door to anyone while they were gone. The girl did as she was told and after her parents left, she went around and checked all the windows and doors. They were locked tight. By 10 o'clock that night, the girl was bored of being on the house in her own. She decided to go to her room with a big bowl of popcorn and get comfortable in bed. Not long after she got settled, she began to doze off and was awoken with a start when something touched her hand. It was the dog. The family's husky had come upstairs and licked her hand while she slept. The girl went back to sleep but was awoken again. This time she knew straight away what had woken her up. It was, the, it was a tap in the bathroom, drip, drip, dripping. She reached down to her husky who licked her hand while she fell asleep again. Every hour or so, the girl was awoken by the dripping tap. But because she had stayed up so late, she was too tired to go and turn it off tightly. Instead, she decided she, she would reach out to check for her husky and it would lick her hand while she fell asleep. It was just after 6.30 when she could not stand it no longer and got up to turn off the tap. She walked into the bathroom and screamed. There was her husky, dead, skinned, and hanging from the ceiling. The sound hadn't been the tap. It had been her blood, her dog's blood dripping onto the floor. The girl ran back to her room to call for, to the phone to call for help. There on her floor, written in her dog's blood, was the message, humans can lick too. The next story is Dad's Home. A man and his young teenage son lived together in a small house on the outskirts of town. The lot their, sat, their house sat on was large, and over, was large and overgrown with tall hedges blocking the house from the street. 
One day, the man left on an overnight business trip, but took his, his son's phone charger by mistake. As a result, neither the boy nor his father could, could charge their phones. Both phones were fully charged at first, but the man was delayed on his way home, and by midnight on the second day, both phones were dead. It was just after this that the boy had heard a knock on the front door. He was a sensible boy and knew not to open the door to strangers. Instead, he looked out of his bedroom window onto the drive to see who was there. The boy saw his father's car on the drive, but he could not see the front door from his room. He went downstairs and looked through the peephole in the, in the door to see who was there. He could see his father on the other side of the door looking back at him, and the boy reached up to, up to open the door. But something stopped him. Dad, the boy called out, why are you knocking on the door? Did you forget your keys? The boy waited, but there was no reply. Just another knock on the door. Dad, the boy called out again, why don't you just open the door and come in? But again, there was no reply. Instead, it was just a steady, rhythmic knocking on the door, which began to get faster and faster. The boy's dad was, constantly, was knocking constantly on the door, waiting for him to open up, when suddenly he stopped and there was no sound at all. The boy looked through the peephole again. His dad was still there, so he decided to open up. When he opened the door, he found his dad's head taped to the door in front of the peephole and a trail of bloody footprints leading down the drive. For this next for this next thing I will tell you, it's not really a story. It's about it's about a fictional character called Slenderman. This is based off an occurrence of three girls when Two of the girls wanted to lure their friend Peyton into the into the forest, to, and then stabs her 19 times to appease the the um the fictional Slenderman. Slenderman is a character who he's a faceless specter who stalks children, and when he stalks children, what he does is he takes them and he chokes them. Something about Slenderman is that. You, there's really no way to protect yourself from him. He has this thing called slender sickness. His slender sickness has you feel nauseous, throwing up blood, etc. Slenderman, a lot of people actually like him and think him as like he's good, but he's not good. As a matter of fact, he is a he may be a pulp, he may be a culture icon, but he is not a good person. Slenderman is a very Slenderman. There is a movie about him that was made in 2018, so you can go watch that if you'd like. Slenderman is a character who, again, is fictional, and the way people used to pretend to summon him was they would, what they would do is they would take. So what happens is people go into the forest, and they, there are these papers around in the forest. When you see these papers, it's going to have a picture of him, very badly drawn, with his name on the bottom. If you see this, which you won't because he's fictional, run. And this would indicate the fact that he was there and knew that you were there. When this happens, which again, it won't. But he, he's a, he's a special guy. And now on to Ronald. Hi, my name is Ronald, and I'll be talking about the fireman. The fireman once lived with his parents. He was a 17-year-old boy, and he lives with his parents. 
and his little brother. One day, he fell asleep, and the parents went on a date, and he had to take on his little brother on his own. Then, while playing and staying with his little brother, something caught on fire because the baby brother, which he was seven years old, caught something on fire. Who knows what? Caught the curtains on fire in the, in the living room near the door. He found a, a fire extinguisher with nothing in it. So he found a carpet, tried to put it out, but it burned down the whole house with him and his brother. The parents came back found, finding them dead. Now on to Kara. Hello, this is Kara and I will be sharing the story of the Lady of Lake Lanier. After two girls, Delia and Susie, went to the gas station, they were driving home across the bridge when Susie lost control of the car and drove off the bridge. The car sank into the lake called Lake Lanier. Sadly, the two girls had drowned in the lake that night, but ever since that one night, Many people reported seeing a mysterious faint figure in the lake who was missing her hands. 31 years after Susie's and Delia's death, a fisherman reported a decaying body in a blue dress that was missing two toes in both of their hands. The body was proven to be the body of Delia. At the bottom of the lake, they found the car that Susie was driving that night in 1958. People explored the car to find that Susie's bones were still inside the car. Though this case has been solved, some say that you can still find her, find her ghost walking to the same bridge she drove off in, in 1958. So if you are near Lake Lanier, watch out for the lady with a blue dress, short brown hair, and no hands. Thank you for listening to Spotlight Podcast. Bye.